Welcome to the Ask Dr. Deanna Show. I'm Dr. Deanna Holgren, your host. Join me weekly as I cover various health-related lifestyle medicine topics that you get to request. This show is for anyone who wants to proactively improve their health position. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited that you're with me today. I have a very special guest with me, uh, somebody that um, I appreciate so much and who has helped me so much uh, in my journey uh, of functional medicine. Uh, Patty Shipley is a naturopath who has been practicing functional medicine for over 23 years in a group practice. It's a group practice that sees a lot of very complex patients, most of whom are suffering from environmental illnesses. I've had an opportunity to work directly with Patty's practice and have learned so much from them. Environmental illnesses are becoming increasingly common due to bioaccumulation of toxins from our air, water, and food supply. Patty is an absolute expert in this area, so I wanted her to come on today and just share with us a little bit of what she's been doing in the functional medicine world in her practice, specifically dealing with patients who are suffering or who have been diagnosed with some type of environmental toxicity. Patty, welcome to the show. We're so excited that you're with us. Um, you had said earlier as we were talking uh, that sometimes when you tell people that you suspect that they have a high body burden of environmental toxins, the most common question is from where? Absolutely. Since you can't necessarily see, smell, or taste toxins, they can seem intangible as a root cause. But in Ohio, the EPA always puts us in the top handful of states for the amount of toxins released into our air and waterways by different types of industries. You can find this information right on their website. In 2020, the EPA ranked Ohio as number six in the U.S. for the most chemicals released into the environment per square mile. 2,319 pounds of chemicals per square mile last year to be exact. Indiana was number one in the country with just under 3,400 pounds per square mile. So regardless of where you live at this point, if you breathe, your body is right now bioaccumulating toxins. The toxins we're getting the most exposure to in Ohio, according to the EPA's website, are coming from metal fabricating and chemical production companies that are releasing emissions into the air and waterways. I can't tell you how many times a patient has said to me, ever since I moved to Ohio, dot, dot, dot. This has been the health issue I'm experiencing. Toxins are a real problem because they literally poison the enzymes that run our biochemical pathways. So depending on which toxins we're exposed to, they can impair our ability to fight infection, prevent cancer, make hormones, make neurotransmitters, repair DNA, which means we'll age more rapidly. Toxins can even inhibit our ability to detoxify the toxins. And this is why undergoing regular focused detoxification is incredibly important to maintaining overall health. This is something we recommend for patients twice yearly in spring and fall. And when done correctly and tailored to the patient, detoxification can literally be life-changing. I'm sure you've seen this with your patients too, Dr. Deanna. And I, I know you've mentioned the importance of detoxification in previous podcasts. And I think you said you're going to be talking about uh, detoxification again next week, right? That's right. So for today's podcast, I want to talk about one particularly stealthy toxin that's becoming increasingly common in Ohio, and that's mold toxicity, also known as mycotoxicity. As our climate shifts, what's going, what's going on in Ohio, besides warming, 
is an increase in precipitation. And that's leading to more water damage inside of buildings. And why does that matter? Mold serves a very important purpose in our ecosystems. It breaks down organic matter so it can be recycled back into soil and then back into organic matter. When organic matter gets wet, it starts to break down more quickly, providing food for mold, which is ubiquitous in very small amounts as part of a balanced ecosystem. As the mold begins to multiply, colonize, and consume the wet organic matter, it begins releasing toxins, some of which are quite harmful to human health if they're able to bioaccumulate in our bodies. Because they're made by living organisms, mold toxins are referred to as biotoxins, and they've been shown in studies to confuse the immune system, damage and kill cells, and impair nervous system and mitochondrial function. The mitochondria are actually those little tiny power plants that are inside all of our cells that help them to make energy so they can do their jobs. That's absolutely fascinating, Patty. And uh, I love to hear you talk about just when you look at things from a genetic standpoint and you see that a lot of these toxins interfere with our biochemistry. Some of us, of course, have certain genetic mutations and issues that are going to make it more severe than what, you know, another person would go through. Um, that's the thing that I love about functional medicine is that it is not one size fits all. What may affect me, uh, what could affect a different, another person in a very different way or a more severe way and so on. Uh, So could you share with our listeners the most common symptoms that you've observed in your practice that makes you suspicious of mold exposure? What would somebody be looking for if they thought, hey, this is is something that, that I really need to check into? Sure, absolutely. Some of the most common symptoms that I see are allergy symptoms like shortness of breath, wheezing, sneezing, coughing, itchy red eyes, runny nose. Um, increasing sensitivity to things like food or environmental um, exposures, it, um, even to supplements. I mean, a lot of patients that have mold sensitivity, it's difficult to even find ways to treat them sometimes. Uh, numbness and tingling because of the toxicity to the nervous system, headaches, joint and muscle pain, fatigue, brain fog, memory, concentration problems, feeling anxious or out of control with the emotions, uh, hair loss, unexplained weight gain, especially if it's suddenly uh, coming on, uh, light sensitivity, metallic taste in the mouth, chronic GI symptoms like gas, bloating, or irregular bowel movements. And when I see these symptoms, I start asking questions. Um, I'll ask what their when their current symptoms began, how long they've lived in their current home or worked at their current job. I ask about any water damage that they know about, flooding, leaking, moisture issues. Do they have a basement? Do they see any visible moisture there? Do they have a sump pump, a dehumidifier? So you're basically just um, exploring the idea of could this be mold? And if the answers to these questions increase my suspicion, then the next step is testing the patient. And this is where I might start to meet some resistance because mold toxicity seems like such a far-fetched idea especially when they can't see it or smell it. And oftentimes their spouse and most or all the other family members living in the same space aren't experiencing the same health problems. But mold doesn't automatically cause health problems for everyone. Like you were mentioning earlier, um, there's genetics that predispose to this. Only about 25% of the population have the genetics that make them vulnerable due to an inability to clear the mold toxins from their system. So if you're in the other 75% of the population, you can live in a home with mold and your body's able to keep up with clearing it as long as you're relatively healthy. It's also important to know that there can be a mold issue without any known water infiltration. 
I moved into an older home a few years ago and replaced all the windows. And in that process, um, I found one window that hadn't been properly flashed from the outside. So the space between the drywall and the outer wall was covered with black mold. There wasn't a trace of it inside the room. You didn't, wouldn't even know. And when I remodeled one of the bathrooms, the wallpaper had been applied directly to the drywall. <laughs> so we had to replace the drywall to get rid of the wallpaper. And I remember at the time I was pretty annoyed, but it turned out to be a good thing because there had been a previous water leak at the bathtub faucet that was fixed, but the mold had not been remediated. There was black mold all inside the walls and around the tubs around that had to be taken care of. Many people think that because these molds are behind a wall and are not actively growing that they aren't harmful. But even when these moldy areas dry out, tiny mold spores are released that circulate through the HVA system, landing like a fine dust in areas that may provide enough moisture to start a new colony. That's how mold takes care of organic matter that's breaking down. These tiny particles are what get inhaled or ingested into our systems, and they can cause health problems as they begin to bioaccumulate. You know, Patty, I remember a time when I um, I had actually gone to Hawaii and I came back and it was it was in the month of January and I had put up a Christmas tree, a live Christmas tree. I came back and I was suddenly massively allergic to something in my home. I thought it was the tree. Uh, I went through everything and then I thought, oh, I've got to be allergic to mold. But I was in a new home, but I still went through every crack trying to find what was I allergic to. And I was having severe allergy symptoms, something I really had not experienced before. So I knew there was something. And it finally settled down uh, to, to the point that I could tolerate it. Uh, and then one day, my washing machine broke down. And it was a front-loading washer. And I had the repairman come out. And uh, the minute he started taking that thing apart, I started getting this unusual sensation. Just my nose started itching. And I immediately went into the laundry room and I said, does that thing have mold in it? And he said, absolutely, it has mold in it. It's one of the biggest problems that I find with these front-loading uh, washing machines. And so what had happened is I had gone away. I came back. Um, my washing machine had been sitting there empty the whole time, stagnant. What do you do when you come home and you've got all of your dirty laundry? I washed all of the clothes, washed the bedding, everything. And here it was basically in my laundry. So I kind of at that point said, this is not for me. I absolutely cannot do a front loader. I went back with the old style and have preferred that since. So let me ask you this, Patty. If, if patients are wondering, you know, how, how can they be tested for mold? You know, what, what would they do? Can they just ask their doctor for testing? You know, unfortunately, even if you're able to convince your doctor it's a good idea to test for mold, they would need to seek out and establish an account with a mold testing company before they could submit any samples on behalf of their patients. In 23 years of practice, I've never seen a patient succeed at convincing their doc to do that. It doesn't hurt to ask. There's a first time for everything. Um, but we, the test we use in our practice is actually, it's really simple. It's a urine test that you can collect from home. It's from a company called Great Plains. Um, and you just mail it into the lab. It tests for 11 different molds that are commonly seen. Um, and it takes about two weeks to come back. And unfortunately, insurance doesn't cover this type of testing. Um, but the cost is pretty reasonable. It's only around $300. Um, and then if the patient tests positive for, for mold, then the next step is identifying the source of the exposure and remediating it or removing the patient from the building. I mean, I've actually had patients who have, you know, set up a, 
a tent out in their yard and moved into that just until they could get the mold remediated because it made such a difference to be out of the mold. But once the patient's out of the moldy situation, that's when we begin a detoxification protocol um, to help them clear the mycotoxins out of their system. And I've seen some pretty dramatic recoveries in patients who were able to identify and eliminate chronic mold exposure and follow a protocol for mold detoxification. It's been life-changing for many. I don't know if you've seen that as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I even had a patient um, who was having a, this was an elderly patient with a chronically swollen knee. And he was, you know, seeing orthopedics. Uh, They finally, uh, you know, took a sample of fluid from his knee. And as it turned out, it was some very unusual mold. I don't know how it got in there. Uh, but he had mold in wow. his knee and it has been just a chronic infection that he has had to deal with, uh, you know, ongoing. It's been a couple of years now. He is still dealing with that infection. So I know that they can be difficult to treat. And, you know, obviously uh, patients, you know, one of the first things is to, you know, remedy the situation, get rid of the mold, whether it means that you have to move. And I, I've seen patients move as well uh, because they just were so sensitive to it. So whether you have to move or you have to do re- remediation or something like that, Uh, But what else can patients do, uh, you know, besides getting rid of the mold uh, from it? You you know, you mentioned detox. Is there anything else that they could do that would, uh, from a supplement standpoint, things like that, that would make a difference for them? Yeah, typically the the supplements we use to assist with getting mold out of the system are like binders. So like charcoal, chlorella, clay. Um, There's several different things that you can use as far as binding. Binding can cause some constipation. So I usually have patients increase their water intake a lot when they're they're doing the binders. I also find um, glutathione can be really helpful. Uh, Liposomal is usually the form that I'll use because it gets into the cells a lot better. Um, And then from there, we use a, a we use a kit called Mycomobilize, um, and it's from uh, Desbio or Deseret Biologicals. Um, they in the kit there's like a coconut charcoal binder plus a homeopathic that helps to mobilize the toxins out of uh, the cells. There's some liposomal glutathione in there, and also some quercetin to help with um, any histamine issues that might crop up as the mold is kind of stirring up and being bound out. And then from there, it's just it's kind of individual. There we have to think out of the box sometimes for these patients because they tend to be so sensitized to different kinds of supplements. So it's, it's kind of a Rubik's Cube that you're working when you're trying to figure out what will work for each patient sometimes. Right. And a lot of that depends on their genetics, of course, too. You know, one of the most fascinating things that I've seen in practice is, you know, sometimes I'll have people come in and, you know, they've had maybe asthma for all their life, um, you know, mild or even moderate, uh, some even severe. And one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, oftentimes if they have a diet that's really heavy in grain, and of course, we know grains, um, the grains are notorious for, for mold toxins. And oh, so yeah. a lot of times if you can have them remove those grains, from the diet, they have dramatic improvements in their asthma because it's actually the mold that's, that is the trigger that's causing the inflammation and contributing to their asthma. So I know that has been uh, incredible in my practice. And, you know, I know you've had great results, uh, you know, there and, and there are times that I send patients your way uh, because, you know, there are some things that I just, I don't have a clue about. And, you know, I might send them your way, hoping that, that maybe you have something that will help them in the, the functional medicine arena. So I appreciate you so much. And I know that our listeners have enjoyed, you know, learning about 
you know, this kind of unseen toxin that a lot of times people don't think about, but is definitely there. And it's, it's, you know, it's a part of our environment. It's not going away. And it's something that we do, you know, have to um, take note of. So we just really appreciate uh, your being on with us today. Well, thanks for inviting me. And I really appreciate you putting this podcast out there to get this information out. It's so necessary at a time right now when this kind of information is kind of getting drowned out, you know, at a time when we need it the most. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much to Patty Shipley for joining us on our podcast today. You can reach Patty at uh, leavesoflife.com. Patty is actually the owner of Leaves of Life, which is a functional wellness center located in Worthington, Ohio. Again, that is leavesoflife.com. And we're so appreciative for the information that she shared with our audience today. Make sure that you join me next week as I talk about cellular detox. I want to share with you how to basically get healthy cells via detoxification. We're going to talk about foods that detox, some supplements that we use to detox, and why you want to detox, what you can expect in terms of benefits from that. So I hope you'll join me there. And remember, you can always go to deannaholdren.com and request uh, content, uh, specific things that you want to hear about, something you would like for us to cover on the show. You can go there, deannaholdren.com, and uh, request that. So thanks so much for joining today and have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that episode. For more information, visit me at DeannaHoldren.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Deanna Holdren. I really want to hear from you, so message me. I love taking your messages and creating topics from them. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share my show with those who have an interest in health and wellness. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.